Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Exarchan versus the Paranormal. Today we're going to have a little bit of fun. We're going to talk about stuff from the uh, the SCP files. Now these, disclaimer, are not actual phenomenon or experiences that are happening in the world around us. They kind of tie in through the subject that we touched on on the first episode of the season, and that's Tulpa, because... So much goes into the idea of the SCP that I wouldn't be surprised that one of these things could possibly eventually come into being somehow on some level. A refresher on a tulpa is that idea that talking about a thing, belief in a thing, the repetition of a thing can possibly give it some sort of purchase on reality. So we're doing this through the SCP today. A little bit of fun for Halloween times. Yay. In the spooky season. Spooky, spooky. Uh, we have with us today, uh, once again, Blonde Solo and Neffy. Thank Hello. you two for coming. Hello. So each one of us have uh, got some files from the SCP. To explain what the SCP is, the SCP Foundation in real life is a community of of writers, basically. People will write entries for this wiki where you go and you, you get this list of thousands of different creatures and entities and what have you. Each one of them has a has an entry number and the idea in the the pretend world that the ACP lives in is there's this foundation, this entity that's kind of it's not the government it's outside of the government, but the government kind of defers to it in these types of situations. Uh, and this foundation has its own ranking, internal rankings, its own ranking for the threats that they seek to secure, contain, and protect. Okay. SCP. <laughs> okay. Um, so I'm going to start. Uh, in the explanation for the SCP to kind of go over what those rankings are. So when we talk about the particular ones that we've chosen, you can kind of understand where they are on the, the, the ranking of threat. So there are several ranks. There's S, E, K, T, E, X, N, and A. So S stands for safe. A safe class SCP means that a certain SCP does not need many resources to successfully contain the object. That doesn't mean that the SCP does not pose any threat to humans, as it just means it has little risk of escaping its containment. So that's kind of the bottom rung. The next up is Euclid. A Euclid class object means that the SCP is still not fully understood and can be unpredictable. An SCP with this class can also mean that the SCP may require more resources to contain slash uh, the current containment procedure isn't always reliable. If an SCP doesn't fit any other class, then it will more than likely become a Yuku class object. Next in the ranking is Keter. A Keter class object doesn't always mean that the SCP is highly dangerous. It can also mean that the object needs a complex slash costly containment procedure to avoid the SCP breaching slash escaping the facility. 
The foundation cannot easily contain this SCP due to not fully understanding the nature of an SCP. Keter-class SCPs normally also have a habit of torturing slash killing humans, making them very devastating if one gets out. The T is Famiel. A Famiel-class SCP is an SCP that is used to contain other SCPs. Even the mere existence of one Thaumiel SCP is classified at the highest levels of the Foundation, and their locations and functions are known to few Foundation personnel that are not in the O5 Council, the leaders of the Foundation. N stands for Neutralize. A neutralized SCP are no longer anomalous, either being intentionally slash accidentally destroyed or deactivated, usually meaning they've died. E, or EX, is explained. Explained SCPs are commonly articles about anomalies that have completely or fully understood to the point where their effects are now explainable in mainstream science or phenomenon that have been debunked by it falsely mistaken as an anomaly. And the last one, the most dangerous, are the Apollyon SCPs. They're objects that are currently impossible to contain and can potentially lead to an XK end-of-the-world scenario. Exciting. Oh, yeah. Now, I don't think, I know I don't have any uh, Apollyon level uh, SCPs that I'm going to talk about. I did read some of them, and they are quite interesting. But, mm. yeah. And just a reminder, none of these stories, uh, we didn't write these. Uh, we're just conveying mm. these ideas to you guys. So definitely uh, check out the SPC sites, their wikis and everything. And, uh, and see what they're about. Maybe maybe you all will come up with some really cool and interesting stories and hopefully not make horrific and terrifying Tulpa. Or make horrific and terrifying Tulpa and life will be interesting. Let's go. I mean, as long as people aren't getting murdered left and right. <laughs> so just make fun Tulpa. Yeah. Like uh, a non-murderous Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. Right. Real sport. <laughs> so I'm going to start with uh, something that as I read it to a lot of the people that know me aren't going to be surprised that I chose this one. Um, this is SCP-549. The object class is Euclid. The special containment procedures are SCP-549 is to be kept at all times in its terrarium. The terrarium was created after previous containment proved to be insufficient. The containment plexiglass is to be checked for fractures every day at 0600 and 1800 hours. Any signs of stress or wear are to be reported immediately to one of SCP-549's handlers. The terrarium is to be kept filled with miniature foliage and ground cover resembling that of northwestern North America. Fabrication company redacted is to be used for repairs on the terrarium's interior. A stream has been engineered to run through the terrarium, the water of which must be changed daily, using only filtered spring water. The terrarium is to be kept within a 15-meter by 15-meter room, placed on a stable support platform capable of holding up to 2 metric tons in the event that SCP-549 begins to throw its weight around. The containment room should be lit in accordance with the day-night cycle and climate controlled in accordance with conditions in northwestern Canada. During summer and autumn months, 
SCP-549 requires upwards of 70,000 to 80,000 calories per day in preparation for its hibernation period. Because of SCP-549 spectral situation, it is inefficient to provide the nutrition in the traditional means. It simply takes SCP-549 too long to consume that much material. Currently, its diet is provided in the form of salmon fillets, which have been passed through redacted, thus drastically increasing the caloric content of the fish. In the winter and early spring, SCP-549 requires little or no care, though monitoring should continue as usual. Personnel assigned to SCP-549 must take all care not to disturb its den by any means. As a result of Incident 549-72, the mauling of an assistant researcher by SCP-549, all personnel assigned to SCP-549 are required to watch security footage of said incident as part of their orientation. As I'm sure a lot of you have guessed, this is about a bear. SCP-549 appears to be a miniature version of Ursus Arctis Horribilis, or grizzly bear. In stature, it's approximately 17 centimeters in length when standing on its hind legs. However, SCP-549 has a mass in line with an average adult grizzly bear in summer, around 305 kilograms. It consumes as much as a full-size grizzly would and is able to exert all the same force with its claws and bites. This presents a number of problems since its strength is concentrated over a much smaller area. Several of its first enclosures were destroyed because it exerted far more force than expected of such a small creature. The walls of its current enclosure, treated with data expunged, have proven more able to resist any attempts to escape, though as long as it is fed regularly and not provoked, it seems content to remain in the terrarium. SCP-549 was recovered in Redacted Canada. Beautiful place. I'd, I'd like to summer in Redacted Canada. Along with the several other miniature animals, the agents on site were unable to determine the cause of death or the other for the others. SCP-549's dietary requirements suggest that they may have died from starvation. Professor Redacted Redacted theorized that SCP-549 only survived because it was in hibernation state at the time when data expunged. Subject had a collar affixed similar to the others with an etched design or some minor. Dr. Wondertainment's micro-menagerie. Several personnel were harmed in trying to remove the subject, mostly because of its great weight and strength. How SCP-49 seems to be of the same mass of a normal bear, but occupying a smaller space is currently unknown. Dr. Redacted believes that it may involve a warping of space-time rather than true shrinking. How physical laws have been circumvented is unknown, but tests are currently being formulated. So, so that's adorable. It's right? a tiny, it's a tiny angry bear. That's that's precious, precious and deadly. You never expect a tiny angry bear, right? So <laughs> you expect a big angry bear, but not a tiny angry bear. So seventeen <laughs> centimeters is roughly six and a half inches, but. 305 kilograms 
All I can think of is Futurama and the little Keebler dude, the little Keefler, whatever the heck the little alien dude's name was, and his little dark matter poops. <laughs> oh, man. That's all I can think I'm so sorry. This is just hilariously adorable. Go on. So this bear would be 100 pounds for every inch. So it's just over six and a half inches. It's just under 700 pounds. It has all the strength and force and ability of a full-size grizzly. That's terrifying. It is terrifying, but it's also still so adorable. <laughs> this is how I, I get fired from the SCP. Is by trying to put him in my pocket. <laughs> I, 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 they're gonna notice. I, I mean, you seem like a very strong woman, but um, six hundred pounds. Bionic pocket. Bionic right? pocket. Yeah, that's that's some heavy stuff right there. Man, I don't think even Arnold Schwarzenegger could lift that bear. Let's think about other creatures, other other just animals in our world, if it were to be affected in the same way, how crazy that would be. Like, imagine a great white. Well, I'm thinking a more aggressive creature, like maybe a killer whale. Or or a great white would be just insane. Like, imagine imagine a, a great white in, like, a swimming pool would just decimate everybody. I assume it would kind of go along the lines of like, you know, the the box jelly, you know, how they have the box jelly and that's like the most deadly jellyfish on the planet. And then there's like the itty bitty baby cousin of it that's like smaller than your pinky nail. And it's 10 times more deadly than the box jelly. It's the deadliest jelly, or at least last time I did the research, uh, it was the deadliest jellyfish on the planet. And they are so small, they can get through like diving equipment and stuff like that so it's kind of like we do have something like that on the planet already it's a very tiny scary jellyfish um and it it also is very cute but i don't want it i think something like that that would be a small version of it um it would be something like a portuguese man of war because like when you see how big they can get in the wild and like just the devastation they can they can put on some people mm-hmm. um, and then imagine like all of that packed into something tiny where people uh, could easily miss it where divers might not see it immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, that can be pretty terrifying. But I think we kind of see an example of like um, little little murderers and small packages <laughs> with um, uh, with cats, to be honest. I mean, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. There's a they're, they're like perfect little killing machines and we kiss them on their face and call them babies because you know they don't really get to be more than about 15 pounds for the most part so uh but can you imagine like a, a lion or a tiger or a panther you mm-hmm. miniaturized and that or would like be... some of the the more um uh, uh they're not aggressive they're just the more protective breeds um, that maybe have a little bit more of nature in them, per se. Like they're they're meant to be what like outdoor dogs or dogs that are meant for running and stuff like that. You can see there's also smaller versions. Of, well, there's really not larger dogs out there, is there? Dogs that you get in your household are kind of about 
as big as you get. I take back my statement. You could take the uh, wolf to compared to like a chihuahua. Similar, but the the scary thing about this is, yes, it's tiny. Yes, it's small, but it has a strength of the full grown one of the of the big one. So like mm-hmm. like our our cats at home are definitely murderers and to and to mice and the birds and the other things uh that are smaller, they are truly terrifying and a threat. But to us they're not. But mm-hmm. if they have the strength of a tiger, they would be. That would be very weird. If they have the strength and the weight of a tiger, like having all that pressure, even if it wasn't trying to kill you, even if it wanted to snuggle you, all that mm-hmm. pressure like on your thigh could potentially oh, yeah. break a bone. Like, it's crazy. What's interesting to me is the with this particular SCP, besides the fact that it's a miniature bear that could wreck a tank, um, is how it exists. The idea that it could be some sort of warping of space-time. So what if that was applied to something else? Or like if it was applied to a person, that would be interesting. If it was applied to building materials, that'd be really interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, There's just so many applications that, that that could be crazy but it would be even more weird to me that if this was just occurring out in the wild somewhere and you're on a hike and then all of a sudden you're attacked by tiny bear right just completely (laughs) wrecked by a tiny bear or a fucking wolverine a wolverine's already tiny if it got even tinier scary people oh. don't know people don't know but like we were so when we when i lived in alaska we weren't warned really about the grizzlies and stuff like that because for the most part they they avoided people they they really did um the problem was is you needed to be aware of the moose and by god avoid the wolverines because they are the nastiest creature that have ever been put on this planet they are grumpy and nothing helps. And they can grumpy. kill moose. Yes, they can. They're terrifying. And they're and like. Mo- moose are huge. Yeah, People don't moose. understand how big moose are. And moose the... are scary too. Like, yeah. that's it. So it's just no. 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 The fact tiny, that. Tiny moose. The... Yeah. That's what the Wolverine it, is. It should have been. <laughs> It should have been Dr. Blonde Solo's micro-menagerie, not Wondertainment's. There we go. go. Uh, So, yeah, that was SCP-549 in all its Mm -hmm. miniature glory. I love it. It's adorable and terrifying. Um, Blonde Solo, which one do you got? So I have SCP-029. Uh, um, it is an object class. is a Keter class. Um, the special containment procedures for SCP-029 is to be incarcerated in a Class 5 containment cell. She is to be allowed access to nothing of a physical nature. 
her containment cell is to be placed behind a triple airlock to avoid her escape. As of Incident 029-34A, SCP-029 is no longer to be fed, as she does not appear to need sustenance to survive. There are to be three guards on duty at all times on her, uh, on her cell and two guards on monitor duty. Floodlights have been installed in the walls of the containment chamber, and they are to be on at all times. Once a month, the chamber is to be cleaned and checked for defects. Under absolutely no circumstances are any men to encounter SCP-029 in any manner. Any males who do encounter SCP-029 are to be held under Class 3 detention for interviewing before termination. And man, they leave termination a little vague right there, so it makes me wonder. Oh, they totally kill him. You know, they totally kill him. <laughs> Probably. So, SCP-029 has a couple of logged requests. Uh, the first one is a bed. Denied. Second one, a blanket. Denied. Books. Also denied. Clothes. Were denied. Uh, there was an objection to this uh, to the denial of this last request, which said this is ridiculous. Uh, the girl can't even have clothes. We are not animals. Let her cover herself. And this was recorded by Dr. Erica Bodine. Um, Dr. Bodine was then granted permission to deliver clothes to SCP-029 by Dr. Light. Um, as of incident... 029-53B, anyone who has potential access to SCP-029 is required to first watch surveillance tape 029-Bodine. As a reminder of threats involved when working with SCP items and SCP-029 in particular. So now we get to the description. SCP-029 appears to be a pubescent female of Asiatic in Indian descent. She appears to suffer from alopecia universalis. Over 80% of her pigmentation is a true black, while the rest of her skin has a complete lack of melanin, to the point of albinism. Her eyes are also a dark black in color. SCP-029 has severe homicidal tendencies and has displayed a remarkable ability to use any item as a weapon. However, she has a severe compulsion against shedding blood, preferring instead to strangle her victims. SCP-029 has demonstrated dexterity and physical reactions four times as fast as the average human. SCP-029 has also displayed extensive resistance to damage of all forms. Both of these extra-human abilities are greatly hampered in the presence of bright or direct light, natural or artificial. In addition, any males who come within the presence of SCP-029, an area defined by her current perception, find themselves pliant to her will. Such males become willing to kill or even die for SCP-029. SCP-029 refers to herself as Redacted, which roughly translates to Daughter of Darkness, Daughter of Shadows, or Daughter of Night. Interviews with SCP-029 have proven difficult to conduct due to SCP-029's constant attempts to kill or convert anyone who speaks with her. Over her years of captivity, uh, the black patches on her skin have increased in size. 
SCP-029 was first brought to the Foundation's attention by an agent that was working in rural India. An attempt on his life led him to a small cult of men who claimed to be uh, thuggies in service to the daughter. Several weeks of investigation proved that they believed the world to be in the last years of the Kali Yuga, and that by sacrificing one million lives to the Daughter of Darkness, they could raise their goddess and end the world. They also believed that only sacrifices performed through strangulation added to this tally. Events led the agent to their mountain fortress, where he discovered SCP-029. After the loss of said agent, data expunged, which ended in our acquisition of SCP-029. Uh, there has been an addendum to this. That seven years after capture, SCP-029 began showing anomalous growth in her black pigmentation. When questioned about it, she claimed that her followers were on the move once more. Investigation led us to a concentration of these so-called thuggies uh, that had escaped the initial foray. Uh, after discovering that all of her followers were there for one of their holy days, a tactical airstrike was called in. When the first bomb dropped, SCP-029 awoke from slumber, screaming at the top of her lungs. SCP-029 continued to scream for the next four hours, ranting and raving that we were killing her people. Since that event, the growth of black pigmentation had stopped completely. Also since that event, SCP-029 has redoubled her efforts to escape. SCP-2820 has been proposed as a possible method of neutralization should the situation worsen. Whoa. She a little scary. That's, she a lot of scary. That's a big note for me. Right? They're like, no, thank you. Have a nice day. <laughs> Bye. Like, such an entity is just terrifying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like, you know, that's it's almost, uh, it almost has like a demigod vibe to it, you know? It's like, you know, she is she is trying to achieve her final form, and, and you know, she has found people that are trying to help her get there. Because, you know, it seems, from the way I read it, is that, you know, every time, uh, you know, these people are sacrificed in a certain way, um, you know, if they're if they're killed by strangulation, that these, you know, the, this uh, black spot grows. These spots grow on her, um, and she wants to be, you know, like known as the daughter of darkness or the daughter of shadows or the daughter of night. And you know, it makes me think, okay, if they reach the one million sacrifices, uh, she'd become that all of her skin would be black. And then, but then, what happens at that point? The unknown is just as terrifying, if not more. Mm -hmm. Right. This is the kind of thing that makes me hope that Tulpas don't exist. Right. <laughs> yeah, because it is pretty terrifying. Yeah, to think that this is almost kind of like, um, you, you remember like with Jessica Jones and Killmonger, you know, like, um, or not Killmonger. Kilroy? Yes. Um, hit the terrifying thing about him was that 
you know, all he had to do was say something and you followed it. Even, even if you didn't want to in the moment you did it with every fiber of, of your ability, you know, like you didn't hold back. He could, he could tell you to do something to, you know, like to, to somebody that you loved or, or whatnot, you know, like parents, it, it didn't matter the relationship. Um, nothing could like break his word like in the power of his word over you so it it, it kind of had like that kind of vibe to me too with the idea that she could just she could say something mm -hmm. to men like in or or maybe them just even you know like actually she didn't even have to say anything to them. just them being in her presence which was defined by the, an area that she could perceive like put them under her sway so imagine somebody like that with um you know with a crowd of people because it's everybody that she can perceive she gets on like a raised dais overlooking you know like a thousand men and that's all it takes for her to have that control over them terrifying absolutely and what's fucked up like okay so a lot's fucked up but another fucked up thing is yes there's a compulsion but i bet you there are people out in the real world that would flock to such an entity willingly. And I can't even imagine how much more power she would get from acts done in her name from a willing subject. Right. Right. Yeah, and I mean, we already have examples of that, like, in the world already. Like, for example, Charles Manson. Um, Jim Jones, um, politicians are to some degree or another, you know, very charismatic, um, you know, so this is just a concentrated viewpoint. And I think that's what I'm enjoying most about going through like all these different SCPs is it's, it's, it's not only is it fun spoopy, but it's kind of, you know, a, a log of some of the generation processing what we've been going through you know um the 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 manipulation the distrust the secrecy within the government you know scp foundation is just an entire kind of like parallel to that to a degree it's kind of cool i just realized this so there's something I noticed about SCP that um, I found was interesting. And immediately, of course, I thought this needs to be a tabletop RPG. But I remember there's in uh, the White Wolf role-playing world um, a little book, a little supplement called Project Twilight. And it feels very similar to the SCP stuff. Um, a little more X-Files, but uh, insofar as they don't have this really complicated containment situation set up, but very similar in they're the the agency that goes and finds the weird shit and the stuff that goes bump in the night. Right. They're like the Torchwoods, the, you know, all that, if you will. Interesting stuff. Really cool mm -hmm. stuff. So do you have anything I, else about that nightmare? <laughs> <laughs> no, 
I was going to say, you know, you mentioned before talking with the different object classes and everything and talking about how some uh, contain, like some uh, are, are meant to contain other SCPs. And this is an example where it gave, you know, like one about, hey, like this is a potential failsafe to help contain this particular being, which I thought was kind of cool to see that. Oh, yeah. There's uh, talking about the ones that contain others. The one I read was actually following a breadcrumb trail from the zombie virus uh, entry, entry, which I believe is SCP 008. I'm sure somebody else knows and will correct me somewhere. But uh, this pill uh, is an SCP. There's like only so many of them, like 50 something of them left. But it, it'll cure anything, including the zombie virus, no matter how far gone you are. But it's interesting how, like, this object can be an SCP as well. Right. Hmm. Yeah, that really is wild. Well, I mean, it, it is, it, it's an anomaly that they can't explain. So, I mean, I guess that's. It does. It, it's amazing, but also at the same time, like at the end of the day, like it makes sense. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right, Nephi, what are you gonna hunt our dreams right. with? Right. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. So I have for you this day, evening, time is SCP six ten object class Keter. Special containment procedures, due to the vast area of infection SCP-610 covers, containment is impossible. Isolation of the area has been, has been proved far more effective, and permission has been granted by the Russian government to establish a perimeter to keep people out of these areas and under the guise of military operations. Should any organism displaying traits consistent with SCP-610 be sighted near this, near this perimeter, then the established protocol requires it be engaged at range with small arms until immobile and then dispatched using incendiary weapons and munitions from as great a distance as possible. Any living thing coming in physical contact with an organism infected by, S by SCP-610 is considered expendable and is to be immediately withdrawn from the area and isolated from the rest of their team. Isolated probably right. means die. <laughs> oh, isolate, yeah, and then and then uh, terminated and incinerated. Uh, and appropriate steps taken based on that determination. At present, the known infection vectors for SCP-610 spread seem to be focused on physical content. Contact. Uh, drone movements within heavily infected areas have returned air samples containing minute particles, which, when exposed to organic compounds, will result in the spread of SCP-610. The results of those particular tests have revealed that most require several days to manifest, if at all with the exception of direct contact with exposed lung and liver tissue. Lung and laver liver tissue, Jesus. Uh, these particular tests show a rapid rate of growth which requires incineration of the testing environment no more than 24 hours after initial exposure. With even a two-hour mishap risking a compromised facility event, 
Given that this kind of rapid growth only occurs in organic material existing outside of the human body, this form of infection is currently considered a minor concern. These particularities have uh, given rise to a series of questions regarding the possible origin of infection at conjunction with the failed data expunged. Containment protocol remains at a scorched earth policy at this time, and no concern for transmission via water or air at infection parameters exists, barring situational changes in the field. All right, so basically what this thing looks like is a chewed up piece of fleshy bubblegum. Um, and it, it's, it's a virus that, that infects you, um, that is spread through physical contact and could potentially spread through airborne within a certain radius. Um, so, uh, SCP-610 appears to be a contagious skin disease at first with symptoms, including rash, itching, and increased skin sensitivity. Within three hours, the disease will cause blemishes resembling heavy scar tissue, to form in the chest and arm areas, spreading to the legs and back within an additional hour, consuming the victim completely within five hours. Exposure to higher temperatures vastly decreases the time for the contagion to spread, and complete infections have been recorded occurring in as little as five minutes. After the completion of the infection occurs, the victim life's function will cease for approximately three minutes, after which time they will restart at two to three times the activity rate of a normal human. Following this, the scar tissue on the victims will start to move out of its own accord and grow at a rapid rate. Normal human features start to disappear at this point under the, in, uh, under the infection and the path of the mutagen could, appears to be a largely random uh, occurrence. Subjects observed in this stage of the infection have been recorded as growing three or more limbs of a type and may split open uh, from which additional branches of branches of flesh will grow, such as from their head or other extremities. The duration of this stage is, of infection is unknown, and not all subjects appear to progress to the later stages. So, basically, you become a wall of flesh. You become a flesh thing, and um, you know there's a log. Um, that, that, that's a bit long, unfortunately, so I, I don't want to take up too much where I'm reading it, but they send in a, uh, uh, they send in a little unmanned robot into a area where SCP-610 res resides, <laughs> is contained, um, and you just see them, you see these flesh creatures you know, they, they're in various stages, uh, you know, such as, uh, let's see. After lapping the table and repeating this procedure three times, the primary infected person, known as Alpha henceforward, stops at the bedridden infected, known as Beta, and proceeds to assault it with furious punches. Beta is unable to leave the bed for unknown reasons, but is not completely immobile as it flails its arm in response to the beatings delivered by Alpha. After seven, several sustained minutes of this beating, a piercing sound explodes from the area around Beta, who then protect, proceeds to project a cloud of unknown matter into the air from its chest cavity. Alpha lingers in the cloud, 
as it floats in the air around them, slowly descending to the ground. The unknown life form on the table aside, Beta begins to twitch in an apparent seizure, and Alpha then laps the room twice more, stopping again at each infected organism, but still ignoring the one under the table, as well as Beta now. It's, they're literally these large, fleshy, wet think of an organ they're basically walking organs is what happens and it's an infection that takes over your entire body um and and basically mutates you and there's no reason to it you die but then you're still alive and the scariest part of that is is what if you're still what if you're still there like what if consciously you're still there and that terrifies me well, i'm glad you didn't choose anything fucked up um uh, yeah. <laughs> hi how you doing i like choosing the, the messed up things yeah that's, this makes uh, me want to weaponize hand sanitizer right <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't do that that would cause this <laughs> well, um weaponize it so it's more potent and kills this yeah Nuke it from orbit. It's the only way. Right? Yeah, no, this is... It, it is terrifying, and if you look online, there are pictures of it. No, oh, I highly recommend. I highly recommend. Also, um, for for any of these, um, I, I did a lot of my research using the SCP website, um, but I also used a lot of a YouTuber. He hasn't been on in a while, but Volgan. Um, I watched a lot of his. You should see... You should watch his um, his Welcome to Class D employees training video that he made <laughs> delightful delightful you know what you want to know what they tell the class d people if they make it after like 30 or 60 days what? you get to go home because <laughs> <laughs> they know they're not gonna make it that far nice wow see the guy that makes the the cartoons to go along with the entries mm-hmm Nice. I think I saw one about... Or, uh, no, I don't think he's, like, the main dude. He just does... So there's a couple of people that do it. Um, Like, I like him and Nightmind, but um, Nightmind covers also a variety of very awesome things. So We saw one about a, a an Ikea that was bigger on the inside. <laughs> Whatever. Oh, my God. There's an Ikea. Yeah, that was good. I love the internet so much. Sometimes I hate it, but like there's a lot of time I love it. <laughs> yeah, this, this uh, any of the, I don't even think this is the only disease slash pathogen SCP in there, and they're all mm -mm. fucked up. Like, wash your hands, people. Like, oh, I don't think washing your healthy. hands gonna help you again. Well, I'm saying one. in general, like this, that. This stuff's fucked up, but there's actually really fucked up shit out there that are viruses and shit. So people be careful. Like, wash your fucking hands. Let's well, not spread shit. Well, if you would shit. like to know, in December of 2018, when SCP-610 breached containment and began attacking Russia, <laughs> the Trumvirate was there to stop them. I don't know who the Trumvirate was, but you should be very thankful, because during that battle... Uh, it was they were rebuilt uh, and they completely destroyed SCP-610, leaving no trace behind. So, according to SCP lore, it is dead. Good. Even though they haven't updated it from Keter. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. So it would uh, updated. It would be under N for neutralized. Crimes, mass murder. (laughs) Thank Bob. Yeah. Wash your hands, people. You you don't want shit to, to mutate. We don't want something like that really real. That'd be that'd be horrible. Join the collective Exarchan. Join us. Join us. That's that's a hard no. Hard no. <laughs> no thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're gonna do one more. I'm gonna do uh, SCP dash five four two three, and this is an interesting one because its entries have been. Uh, added to as time and SCP has gone on. I'm not going to read every bit of every update, but I'm going to read some of them. But first, we're going to start with the initial uh, report on SCP-5423. It is, at this point, considered a safe object class. Special containment procedures are as following. The door associated with SCP-5423 is to remain open outside of scheduled testing, and personnel will not enter the room except as required by testing protocols. A block will be placed in the door frame to make sure it does not accidentally shut, while a barrier will be placed around the door to deny unauthorized entry. Any personnel who experience SCP-5423's Effects will be removed from the site and isolated for at least one week as part of a standard decontamination procedure after exposure to unreality. The description is SCP-5423 is a spatial anomaly manifesting in a room in Site-98. When the door to this room is closed, the room, its contents, and the space it occupies ceases to exist to all measurements currently available to the Foundation. Sonar and electromagnetic radiation act as though there is no space between the walls when the door is closed. Persons inside the room experience no time between the door closing and its opening again. When the door opens, object in motion have the same position and momentum they had when the door had closed, no matter how far they should have traveled. The room in which SCP-5423 manifests was previously a storage room on the second sublevel of Site-98. There were no anomalous objects inside when it was discovered, and it's presently unknown how it manifested. O5 Command has approved the installment of a window to observe the effects of SCP-5423 directly. Installation has been scheduled. While testing of the anomaly's properties is underway, a directed task force led by Dr. Madsen has been commissioned to investigate its origins. So this version has been superseded by SCP-5423-2-S. The changes are as follows. A baseball was dropped from one meter as the door was closed. When the door opened an hour later, the ball completed its fall. A bucket of ice and a pot near boiling water were left in the room and door closed for eight hours. Neither had materially changed in temperature in the intervening time. A test tube with fruit fly larvae was left for 14 days with the door closed. 
the larva was unchanged. Later, they pupated and became adult uh, flies. The porthole window was installed in the wall surrounding SCP-5423. When the door was closed, the window immediately changed view as though it were embedded in the far wall. Refraction shows that the glass is 5 centimeters shallower than when the door is closed, suggesting that part of the window is affected by the anomaly. The room in which it manifests was previously an equipment storage room on the subway. All right. However, this version has been superseded as well by SCP-5423-3-E. The changes there. Uh, the most important question I have for you is, have they sent a person in? Yeah, they've sent people in. They said the people inside the room experienced no time between the door closing and opening. Um, um, a bucket of marbles was dropped uh, in this further experiment. Uh, from a height of three feet. When the door was reopened, the marbles resumed their travel. However, this time the direction and momentum was changed for each, seemingly at random. Upon opening the door, a section of air was superheated. Precise measurements were not taken, but five minutes later, the temperature of the room was a whole 50 degrees Celsius, 30 degrees hotter than the ambient temperature outside the anomaly. D-42803's right eye was displaced two feet from his socket. Two feet. Whoa. Let's see. And this report was superseded by SCP-5423-4-E. Is that one breath? Yeah. <laughs> right? Um, some of the continuity of matter in the rooms has become more inconsistent. The most dangerous examples include a ladder was knocked over as a door to a hallway was closed. When it was reopened, the momentum was altered, set instead of falling over, and instead crashed into the far wall at 60 kilometers per hour. O2 in one room was replaced by CO, uh, leading to the hospitalization of three personnel. A janitor collapsed as soon as they were recovered from an affected room. Autopsy showed that the absence of the circulatory system, uh, their, their blood still occupied the spaces left by the absent blood vessels. Oh, so the anomaly has spread from the closet to the entire wing E of Site 98 at this point. All objects in the rooms have undergone severe oxidation. This led to objects sustaining severe damage and reduced structural integrity. And this report was superseded by SCP-5423-5-K. Oh, hey, one breath. Um, let's see. What changed here? Members who were in a section of SCP-5423 when it activated vanished and have not reappeared. Uh, its object class has been upgraded to Keter, by the way. All objects in the room, uh, I'm sorry, uh, air inside the chamber, uh, one of the chambers at Site-98 was replaced by molten lead. That was a fun yeah. one. And finally, this version has also been superseded by SCP-5423-6-XK, which leads to a blank black page. 
good. Solid death. Well, if you look at the definition of the Apollyon uh, threat level, um, they are considered to be XK end of the world scenarios. So you think it's been upgraded to that? Or the site is gone, so they did they weren't able to put up the last report fully. It ceased God, to exist. Right? And that's not the only time the SCP site has done cool stuff like that, in my opinion. Um, we'll we'll talk about this in a second, but to go just to the very first, the very first entry, SCP-001, when you go to the page, it says, the following files have been classified top secret by order of the administrator. In order to prevent knowledge of SCP-001 from being leaked, several slash no false SCP-001 files have been created alongside the true files. All files concerning the nature of SCP-001, including the decoys, are pro protected by a mimetic kill agent designed to immediately cause cardiac arrest and any non-authorized personnel attempting to access the file, revealing the true nature of SCP-001 to the general public is cause for execution, except as required under redacted. And right under that, it says warning. Any non-authorized personnel accessing this file will immediately be terminated through Berryman Langford Mimetic Kill Agent. Scrolling down without proper mimetic inoculation will result in an immediate cardiac arrest, followed by death. You have been warned. And then you scroll down, and you have to scroll down for a while. And mm -hmm. you'll see this picture, and it'll say, Mimetic Kill Agent Activated. Continued life signs confirmed. Removing safety interlocks. And then it'll say, welcome authorized personnel, please select your desired file. Nice. That is amazing, yeah. You gotta got the you gotta have the balls to scroll down. Do you believe? Is it real? Scroll. Wow, so, yeah. and one person. Right. That believes just a little too hard. Right. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, SCP-5423 is super interesting to me. The idea that a room can become something else well, other than what it was when doing, it was built. It was doing fine. And then they kept poking at it. And then until it kept growing, they made it angry. <laughs> and they just left it alone. Stopped putting marbles in it. Marbles, obviously an insult to the room sensibilities. Yeah. See, this is what happens when the doctors come to help Amy Pond resolve these situations. Right. We find out that the administrator of the foundation is actually the doctor. Like, nah. I mean, it would make perfect sense. He he would want to be a little more hands on, I think. But yeah. This is definitely each one of these SCP things could easily be a Doctor Who episode. Or a supernatural mm -hmm. episode. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, I think some of them are a little more science y uh, than to fit in the supernatural episodes. 
but True. a lot a lot of them could. I think some of them uh, are also a little too cavalier with human life um, to necessarily vibe too much with the doctor, but yeah, yeah. Well, like oh, the yeah. the SCP Foundation could definitely be an entity in Doctor Who easily. Oh yeah, for sure. And he'd probably dismantle it like two seasons in. But he would, but would he really want to? Like it's one yeah. of those because the they sacrifice people. They yeah. sacrifice people. He's like you know he 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 would say there's a better way, and manage to do a better way. I would love to see the solution of a better way. I'm not gonna lie, like that's cool. He almost always pulls it off. Almost always, oh, unless it, unless it's with other time lords, and then he always just kills everybody. I mean, uh, spoilers. What? Um, what? No. <laughs> what? But I mean, but then there's a, then we'll hit the season where they kind of completely forget like a villain's character to end. I know. I'm salty about season thirteen too. But this is a paranormal podcast and not a Whovian podcast, unfortunately, because uh, <laughs> if I don't stop myself now, I'll keep going. Um, the This concept is, like I said, very interesting to me because not only like wh- what they describe, but just the idea of a, of a structure changing purpose uh, metaphysically uh, and even potentially uh, spiritually is an interesting concept to me. Um, mm-hmm. And something that I think is not out of the realm of actual possibility. Um, I think also something like this coming into existence before it becomes a Keter level threat would be incredibly interesting. Because imagine this building was built, you end up in this room and the door gets shut. And nobody opens the door for a hundred years for whatever reason. You just time travel. Mm-hmm. How sick is that? So long as it hasn't escalated to the removing the nerves. Right, right. As, as I said, as long as it's the, the the safe object class before it becomes right. Cheddar. Yeah, I mean, no, that would be bad. That would be cool because, like, sit in there, wait until like we've progressed to the point. Of, like, robot technology? Well, we'd have no control being in the room. Because mm. we just don't exist. You just it's... leave a note on the outside of the door. Do not open until <laughs> X date. There you, you go. You know what Perfect. somebody's going to do. They see that. What are they going to do? They're going to remove it. Yeah. And they're going to open the door whenever they want to. Because it's curiosity. And I can't even blame them. <laughs> No, and I wouldn't either, but I'd be like, either get in or get out. I don't care, but put the sign back <laughs> up, gosh dang it. Get in, get out, quit fucking about. Right? Yo-ho. <laughs> yo-ho, yo-ho, yo So yeah, that, again, it's, it's not a creature, or even, well, it's kind of an object, but it's a space. And I think that's really cool to have an SCP for a space. And yeah, as long as it doesn't eat the world, which is, I think, what is starting to be implied in the last update of the file, I think yeah. it's really intriguing. I mean, eat the world, eat the rich, same difference, right? I mean, I'm just saying, the first time you open the door and a ladder 
shoots across the room at 60 kilometers an hour and slams into a door or into a wall, just keep the door closed. Like, seal the door shut. Stop fucking with it then. Because it's not no. gonna do. It's not gonna get better. Like, Come on, how many how many movies have you watched? You know that's not gonna happen. Yeah. That doesn't yeah. make for a good story. If I was a leader, the administration and the foundation, that would fucking happen. <laughs> they might not make as good articles, but the world would be safer. It would be, but this is why we're not in charge. <laughs> Would it be a good story? No, because we're too nice. <laughs> <laughs> so that is the SCP. Everybody, be sure to if you enjoyed this kind of thing, go check out uh, the SCP. Uh, there's the wiki, the SCP Foundation wiki. Uh, you can read all the entries. You can participate. Uh, you can evolve in the community. And I definitely suggest you do because it's really, really fun, really, really fun exercise. And it's got that that touch of spooky and creepy and crazy that uh, I think all of us that are into the the paranormal uh, kind of gravitate towards. Mm -hmm. So uh, I hope I hope you all enjoyed that. I know we had a had a fun time with these. But Absolutely. So that's it for the SCP stuff. Uh, maybe sometime down the road we'll revisit some more. Um, it's largely up to you guys. Let me know if this is stuff that you like to listen to. Um, you know how to get a hold of me via various platforms. And I hope that you do. I love hearing from you guys. Our next episode is going to be about the... Michigan Dogman or Werewolves or really any shifter type thing. Uh, or I'm, I'm going to steer clear of the Skinwalker, but uh, just about anything else we're going to talk about uh, on the next podcast. So you tune in for that. Uh, Awu. Awu. It was a werewolf the whole time. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. um, so that'll be coming down the line um and there'll be definitely a, a a few more episodes before the end of the season uh so keep your eye out for those the pacing of release might be a little staggered with uh birthdays and holidays and stuff but uh you you will definitely get your content uh because i love doing these and i hope you guys love listening to them yeah. that's that's all we got for today i hope you enjoyed the show um be sure to leave us a review whatever you're listening to us on um it really helps those good reviews really get people's uh get us in front of people's eyes and ears and what have you so please definitely do that um find me on the various socials i love to interact with you guys join the discord and be part of the conversation there uh but that's about it so I hope you have a great, spooky, happy Halloween, and uh, I'll catch you next time. Bye. Okay, bye.